For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Tackling a New Kingdom. It is a big day today. Today is part two of the unprecedented access with the commissioner's office, Roger Goodell. We go into our relationship, how two guys from completely different backgrounds become buddies. Also, the new PCP, personal conduct policy, and how it affects this new ruling. Uh, Deshaun Watson's ruling has just been aired and the commissioner goes into depth about how this new iteration of the PCP applies to D Watts. Great access, ladies and gentlemen, tackling new kingdom, Roger Goodell, part two, go. Okay. So now I want to transition to tackling something real. Um, Growing up all over the country, I've got friends in all different places, but I don't get, I get more of a reaction when I somehow comes up that you and I are friends somehow. Uh, can can you speak to, oh, people always, they're like, I could, I could name anybody. But when I, when I say that I'm friends with Roger, they're like, no way. What kind of guy is he? Da, 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 right. And so can, can you speak to the origins of, of our relationship and how a chance encounter created a pretty unique bond. Uh, what do you remember from those early days of me coming to your office? Well, first, TJ, I want to know how you answer that question, what kind of guy he is. I'm kidding you. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I remember that really, really well, because it was early. Um, I think it might have been, I was a commissioner, commissioner for just a year. Um, yeah. And I, I remember our first meeting here in New York. Um, and it, what, what struck me about you was, uh, how serious you took the situation, uh, how you listened, how accountable you were uh, for the circumstances. You didn't you didn't shy away from it. You you accepted that responsibility, and you you were pretty clear that you want to do things differently, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And that's that's all I ever really look for. Ultimately, it's it's I love second chances, particularly with people who earn it and people who are accountable. We all make mistakes. Um, and, and, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on this because, it, you know, it reflects on all of us. So what you do as a player reflects on every player, what reflects on the NFL in general. And, you know, I, I you know, I've said this many times, uh, the players who play in this league are extraordinary people. Um, and I don't mean that as athletes, I mean as people. Sure. And what they do and who they are and how much respect I have for them I think we all have to protect that. And uh, listen, I was young once too, but you guys play on a stage where everything you do gets magnified. Yeah. And that's just part of that's TJ, as you know, that's just part of it, right? The, you, you get the benefits, you gotta, you gotta have the responsibility that comes with you. And you accepted that to me. And so I, I would tell you just broadly, and I, you and I've talked about it before, 
probably the people that I went through that process of discipline and for whatever reason, maybe it's just because we were able to get real with one another and really sort of see how each of us really feels and had those tough conversations. I'm closer to those guys. Every single one of the people that I would put in that category of having to go through that process, ultimately, you know, with very few exceptions, led to a great relationship. Yeah, no, I was, and that's actually a great segue uh, because my next, you know, my next follow-up was like speaking to all of your prize pupils, as I would call us, <laughs> um, you know, you know, why, you know, why was it so important that you followed up with those guys? Because I, I'll tell you this, you know, I'll never forget when we were at um, uh, our brother, Chris Henry's funeral. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, as the commissioner, you paid your respects, but you made it a point to seek me out and and kind of check on how I was doing. I, you know, I was a few years removed from, you know, those situations but you you know you still checked in on me so like why has it always been so important to follow up and follow through with your with your guys like me pac-man uh mike vick um those guys in that nature who were a part of that first kind of iteration of yeah. the player conduct policy you know i number one because i care about you as people and that was more important to me is that you got on the right path and the right road not to just to continue to play football. That was, it, it was about who you're going to be in life, what you were going to do in life. Um, it's so clear you guys have so much to offer. And, you know, you, you were off the path a little bit. And if, yeah. if, 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 you know, if, if that experience that we all went through led to a better place, that's worth it, right? Um, Absolutely. And I, and I, by the way, you way you handle it and the way that all went through probably saved a lot of other guys who, you know, hopefully avoided mistakes ultimately. So, um, so I, to me, it's just about making sure we do everything we can to support our players as people more than anything else. And, you know, if they're able to resume a career, that's great. If that's what they want to do, if they don't, they're, they're great people who are contributing a lot and you're at the top of the list of it, but I, there are lots of guys that I would put in that category that have overcome those mistakes and really are just extraordinary people making a difference in the world today. And you yeah. know, you, you know, no, for sure. No, it's, it's funny because you know, when, when I was in that situation and, and I know I can speak for a lot of us, I just, I just talked to Pac. It, it was almost like a journey to get your name back and establish your credibility amongst the your peers, the National Football League, because we ultimately, uh, you know, we we let our peers down by, you know, being able to be taken off the field. And, and that was a lonely journey. But every day throughout that journey, you know, I've always wanted people to know that the commissioner was in our corner. And when when they are so surprised at the relationship, I tell you, I tell people that at the toughest part of our lives, at the toughest road that we traveled, um, he was there and he was supporting us. And and I tell everyone like that, that means the world to us. I can speak to a man how much that relationship uh, helped us thrive and, and leave that stuff in our rearview mirror. So we just hey, always hey, wanted hey, to tell you, know you thank you. So it's some of the, it's, it's, I guess it's a, it's a describe sometimes as tough love. Right. 
It is. You know what? It, it, sometimes you people know, don't know how tough you are, Roger. Now, like you know, you might look unassuming, <laughs> but hey, he's a he's a hellraiser and an ass kicker. That's one of the toughest people I know. People don't know that about you, RG. Yeah, well, uh, I think it was O.C. Yermanura gave me uh, the nickname Sheriff, which wasn't my favorite thing. But, <laughs> yes. it, but but the there's another side to that, which is that tough love, which is, hey, I'm here to support you, but you got to do your part, right? You got to do your part to to try to make the right decisions. And listen, we all make mistakes, but um, we we need to make sure that we recognize those have consequences ultimately for everybody. And I, I oh. think that's the most important thing ultimately is that people got on the right track. And, and by the way, when I'm done this gig, that may be the most thing, the, the thing I'm most proud of ultimately is how you guys have changed your lives and, and become the people you are, which you yeah. always were. No, real talk. No, I appreciate it. That's, uh, you know, I wanted to tackle that. You know, I, I mean, I guess I wanted to give people a glimpse into why the relationship exists. and so. Hopefully that gave them a little insight uh, as to why I put up with, you know, just a constant beratement about <laughs> my shitty golf swing. <laughs> okay. But now we're, now we're going to see if we can get to something a little bit more uncomfortable and a little bit more controversial. Um, knowing how league discipline has changed, uh, it's, it's changed shape over the years, you know, when, when, from when you first came commissioner to the, iteration that we have today can you tell me the advantages of this current system of player, player conduct conduct discipline well i i think listen um everything should evolve right uh and and mm -hmm. i think i think um ultimately um you know it's important to be able to do that and a lot of that evolution has come through the experiences but it's also come through um how we all look at this and how we can do it better, right? And that's what I'm driven by. Is there is there a better system? So in the last CBA, um, we negotiated changes um, to, you know, the discipline system. And, you know, we're having our first experience of that right now with uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, and, you know, it, it's been different for all of us and we'll see as it progresses. Um, but hopefully, it, you know, it's a system that, um, will lead to better outcomes ultimately. And, you know, the personal conduct policy itself, um, you know, has gone through a lot of changes. Um, it, it, uh, we look at it consistently and sort of, and that's sometimes with the union, sometimes not, but always there's a conversation in the context of, is this the right step? Sure. And I think we've made changes to that policy which doesn't just apply to players. It's not a player conduct. It's a personal conduct. And we made that change several years. So it applies to me. It applies to everyone in this office. It applies to everybody in the league, whether you're in the front office or you're on the field. And so that that's the point that I think we have to get everyone to understand. And, I, you know, I've said this many times, our standards and the expectations of people are raised. And so, you know, our process, our policy should also be raised to be able to meet that bar. And and people expect a lot from the NFL, whether it's players or coaches or commissioners or owners. It, everybody has a role to play. Well, 
no, I, I completely understand that, right? And so I, 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 this is this is my question to you as the commissioner, right? When you talk about like upholding the integrity of the National Football League, right? So you've got you've got the facts on one hand, and then you've got upholding the integrity of the league, right? So right. It, it it almost seems like you get a certain amount of games for your infraction, the facts, and then you get an additional games for what harm you inflict to the national football league. Do you think that's fair or a way to, to handle that? Because I, I just don't, I just don't know if players can ever get that time back. They, they can't. And that's why, you know, when you suspend a, a player and you and I've talked about this a lot, right. That's the, that's the thing that probably hits you the most, right? Ultimately, because you're fuck yeah, you're, yeah, you're not you're not out there with your team, and you you're, you're not out there, and and I get it, and uh, and but I would probably disagree with the distinction you're making about the facts versus what I would say the public perception. We all know the facts are that there's been a violation of the personal conduct. Let's just keep it broad. Yeah. That, that has a, a has a reputational impact on the player, the family, the team, the league in general, every player potentially, if it's a player or if it's a coach. So all of that has an impact on us. And so that's why, you know, listen, there's a is, is there a right answer always on what that that combination of discipline, whether it's a suspension, whether it's a fine, whether it's some other form of discipline? That's always in debate. And, and as you know, everyone's got a different opinion. <laughs> sure. I, you know, is that too much? Is that too little? Why is this? And, you know, you, you work to try to make sure you're as consistent as possible. That's why we get a lot of feedback in, including from the Players Association, and why our process has been changed a little bit here to balance, sort of say, okay, that may be your perspective as far as what the discipline is, but what's somebody else's perspective? But what is, but well, ultimately, like, I guess, what is, what is your perspective, right? So if, if you, you know, I guess I'll find another way to answer the question. It's like, you know, how, if you were to weigh them on a scale, what would you say your actual infraction, what would be the weight, your actual infractions, your suspension on that, and then how it reflects bad on the NFL. So let's say like right now he's at six games and, According to the the person who looked at the facts, that's what he deserved. But then on this hand, it's like, yeah, but you also made the NFL look bad. The optics are bad, and so he deserves games for that. I, I just I just think that if you're getting suspended for your facts and the optics, I think we we got to be real careful uh, in in that process. That's just kind of. How I see. I, I agree with you, but TJ, I probably argue the facts here a little bit. Um, you know, and I, again, I don't want to get any specific to to any sure. one case, but I would say this: the the new process gives um, you know the ability for the case to be brought heard by a, a neutral discipline officer, and then they determine whether there is a violation of the personal conduct policy. That's it. They only determine that. No, hang on. They determine that. That's the first thing they have to determine. And once they determine that, then they also determine the discipline. The 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 NFLPA or the NFL can then appeal that, but not the first 
finding. The first finding of whether there's violation of the personal conduct policy is exclusively that disciplinary officer's decision. The, the, the judgment on what the discipline is can be appealed by either side. So either the NFL Management Council or the NFL Players Association. Sure. And that that's just part of the process. And so that we'll see how that all works through the system. But so it's it's giving an independent view on it initially and another one if someone feels that it's not the right. And in some cases, it's not just about the suspension. It's about, okay, what's the accountability financially or what's the accountability of what that individual is going to be required to do as far as potential treatment and their obligations to to be um, uh, compliant with that going forward. So that's the element that, um, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out, you know, on the first case here. But it, more importantly, I think the system has got a very good balance to it. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I, don't, I, I don't I would disagree with you a little bit that it, it, well, a lot that it, it's, that's good. That's we always disagree a lot. On I know, and that, but that's what's good about the relationship, right? We can always, I, the facts always drive that ultimately, TJ. Okay. Um, if, if you have facts where the PCP has been violated, that that's pretty clear that that's going to also have a negative impact, as we say, whether it's on the perception of the individual, the teams, the players, the league in general. That that That's an outcome from the violation of the facts. No. Okay, so when a lot of times I'll speak for the past when a player appeals something, oftentimes we get that letter back that, Hey, thanks for appealing it, but it's going to stay the same. Right. <laughs> so now, so now that you guys are appealing something, you know, is, is that, is that, are, are they on equal playing field where it's like, okay, thanks for appealing it, but we're going to keep to the, the, the normal sure. that possible. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. And, um, you know, if, if I hear it myself or whether the designee that I pick and, and most all the cases I have a designee okay. uh, decides this, we don't know what they're going to choose. Um, they, they may choose to keep it the same. They may choose to reduce it. They could change to increase it. Um, sure. that, again, that would be there. But that's final and binding at that point in time. Gotcha. Well, uh, I appreciate it. I know how hard it is to strike that balance of fairness. Um, we all have a ton of responsibilities. Um, and, you know, I, I would not want to be the one having to make that decision. So, you know, what? I, I understand the process and that's just how it is. And I appreciate that. All right. We'll get you off the hot seat and I want to talk to you. <laughs> I'll talk to you about some funny shit now. OK, All right. <laughs> so you never right. let me off the hot seat. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no. Absolutely not, but I'll just say it to put it out there a little bit. But but a lot of people talk about, you know, this is kind of a rapid fire. And I, and and if you were a coach, right? So we kind of look at you as like the sheriff of the NFL. So I want to speak to like if you were a coach, would you think you'd be more Parcells or more Dungy? Well, uh, you know, um, I I re respect and admire both of those. I, I would say it a couple ways. Uh, and I think I told you this. I was an intern for the Jets back in 83. And um, the defensive coordinator then was named Joe Gardy. And I was an intern in the PR department. And he asked me to stay on as a defensive assistant. Oh, shit. Uh, so I could have gone down that coaching path. 
Uh, so who knows what would happen? But and but I I love the game. I, I guess I would tell you just how and I, you and I have talked about this too. You got to be yourself. So I, I I don't I don't know whether I'd be one or the other or closer to one. I think they both have so many incredible uh, attributes, and they were both incredibly successful. Um, that you you want to find how you would do that, but also learn from what they did. Um, yeah. But I'm I, I'm just speaking coaches. If, if I had to pick uh, one, probably more uh, more more Tony. Tony, okay, you. Okay, you're, you've been working on a play your whole life, and this is your first year as a head coach, and it's a perfect play for fourth and two. <laughs> it's the first game of the season. Do you run the play, or do you save it for a later part in the season? Oh, you run it, man. You know, the great, <laughs> Riverboat the great, run, let it go? Yeah, because, <laughs> shit, you know, you only have 17 of these. <laughs> you got, and you've and you got to get to the dance. So... You you know the great thing about the NFL is every game counts and it means something and you know one game can make the difference of whether you get to that dance. No, uh, that's true. You know, I you you see some coach they always have the mindset to have something to save something, but you always love the coaches that go for it on that fourth and two. All right, you your star is happening more and more, which I think is really good for the game. Yeah, there's been a whole lot of fourth downs. Yeah, four four down football is here. And, and, you know, coaches are taking that chance. And they want to possess the ball, right? And a lot of us, they don't want to give the ball to some of these great young quarterbacks. And older quarterbacks, by the way, including yeah. TB. That they're, to me, you know, they want to possess the ball. And as you know, nowadays, as you get towards the end of the game, it's how you possess the ball and leave zero time on the clock as we saw in Buffalo and Kansas City last year. You you can't give the ball to the other guy. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. When I know when I played um, and the defense is tired as shit and it's like maybe fourth and a half, like maybe this much, and like I said, the defense is on their heels, they're tired, and the other team punted, that was almost like a, Ooh. We said a prayer. Yeah, we said a prayer. We were like, because if they would have went for it, they, I know they would have got it. So, you know, it's 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 like maybe someone's in my head and they're just going for it now. So, uh, um, no, RG, thank you so much for your time today on here on Tackling a New Kingdom. Uh, we appreciate your time, my friend. You know, I always love being here with man. I'm proud of you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Doing my best. All right, boss, take care. Okay, see you. What a show. Part two with Roger Goodell in the commissioner's office. Um, We came, we saw, we tackled. Uh, I think it was a great interview. Uh, Leave in the comments what you think about his interpretation of the new personal conduct policy as it applies to Deshaun Watson. And and as always, uh, like, subscribe, uh, share, tell a friend, tell a friend that tackling a new kingdom with Tank Johnson is the new podcast to listen to. Thank y'all. Take care. Hope you enjoyed it. Ooh. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.